This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, June 25th, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. The Supreme Court today struck down a section of the Voting Rights Act, a provision that decided which jurisdictions would be subject to special federal requirements. Ilya Shapiro, Senior Fellow in Constitutional Studies at the Cato Institute, evaluates the ruling. Today, the Supreme Court struck down Section 4 of the Voting Rights Act. This is the coverage formula that determines which states, localities, and other jurisdictions are subject to Section 5, which require all of those places uh, whenever they make a change in voting law, election law uh, of any kind, be it voter ID, be it moving a polling place from a schoolhouse to a firehouse, uh, to get federal authorization, what's called preclearance from the Department of Justice or a special federal court here in Washington, D.C. Um, this was a case originally brought by Shelby County, Alabama, um, and they made the argument, ultimately successful, that the uh, Section 5 requirements, the preclearance requirements, uh, which were put in as a temporary emergency measure in 1965, um, uh, are no longer justified, are no longer constitutionally valid because the extraordinary circumstances, the exceptional conditions, uh, as the Supreme Court called them in a, in a 1966 case upholding Section 5, no longer exist. Uh, that is, this case is not about whether individual voting rights can be vindicated. It's not about whether racial discrimination in voting or otherwise still exists. It's not even about uh, whether racial discrimination in voting is more prevalent in the South or in those jurisdictions that are covered by Section 5. What it's about uh, is whether um, the exceptional, extraordinary conditions still exist, akin to the Jim Crow South, the ingenious devices, the massive systemic disenfranchisement, and so forth, whether that still exists to such an extent uh, that the other provisions of the Voting Rights Act, most notably Section 2, which deals with individual instances of discrimination, and the Constitution, the 15th Amendment uh, itself, uh, whether those are not enough to deal with these alleged uh, uh, violations. And the Supreme Court said no, or at least they're certainly not proportional to the coverage formula, this Section 4, which has not been updated since the early 70s. That is, it's still going on uh, voting registration and voting rates, uh, uh, disparities between blacks and whites in those two rates uh, between 1968 and 1972. Uh, and what's interesting is as the statistics have come out, to the extent that those factors matter anymore, uh, there are greater disparities in jurisdictions not covered by Section 5 uh, than in those covered. So uh, in, in theory, Congress now has another bite at the apple. They could come up with a new Section 4, a new coverage formula. In fact, the way that the Supreme Court wrote its opinion today, it's going to be very hard for Congress to come up with some sort of formula to establish uh, that the uh, racial discrimination such as it is, is so pervasive, again, in whatever jurisdictions it wants covered, uh, that Section 2 and the 15th Amendment are insufficient to eradicate it. Now, you mentioned Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act. This is the permanent and nationwide uh, portion of the Voting Rights Act. That is, of course, still in effect. A lot of the debate about this decision or the, the, the moaning about this decision has seemed to forget that. That's right. The core of the Voting Rights Act is not Section 5 or Section 4, the coverage formula. It is Section 2. Uh, 
which is permanent. It was made permanent uh, about 25 years ago. Um, uh, and it covers the entire country. That's right. Whether you're in uh, Virginia, California, Mississippi, or anywhere else in the country, um, uh, if there is an alleged um, uh, instance of racial discrimination in voting, uh, that individual who is affected or, or a group of individuals can sue. The Department of Justice can go in and sue the state or county, municipality, what have you. Uh, uh, and indeed, ultimately, the Department of Justice can intervene if they see that somebody has sued and there's something to that lawsuit. And costs can be shifted onto the defendant. So there's a lot of provisions in, in Section 2. It's a very powerful uh, provision. There's still some problems, I think, in how it's been applied in terms of requiring the drawing of maximum uh, 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 minority-majority districts and, and things like this. Uh, but it still is applied. The court today explicitly said that we do not address it. Um, and uh, it still is out there. Uh, so the Department of Justice, if they want, they can now shift all those floors of lawyers that had been dealing with Section 5 paperwork. They can shift, shift them to Section 2 enforcement if they think that that's what's needed. Section 4 was what was struck down. Section 5 is are the penalties, essentially, or the restrictions that are imposed. Uh, what if, if you say that it would be difficult for Congress to create a new Section 4, uh, does that effectively toss out Section 5 as well? In, for practical purposes, I think so. Uh, I mean, technically, striking down Section 4 as they did is a somewhat narrower decision than uh, tossing Section 5 altogether, as Justice Thomas suggested in, in his concurrence they should do. Um, but in practice, uh, as I said, this Congress as deadlocked and uh, uh, divided by, by ideology and, and geography and partisanship and all the rest of it um, isn't likely to act on something so controversial. I mean, they, they have enough on their plate with the budget and uh, uh, the NSA uh, scandals, the IRS scandals, uh, immigration and, and the rest of it. I, I really don't see any time soon uh, taking up a new section for coverage formula. But even beyond that very uh, immediate consideration, uh, the way that the court uh, wrote its opinion, it is going to be very hard for Congress to write a new coverage formula, even updated with you know, 2012 voting statistics, uh, that would justify the uh, extraordinary intrusion uh, into federalism, uh, the effect of federal receivership uh, over state election practices that Section 5 represents. So Congress is welcome to try, or some future Congress is, uh, but again, it's going to be very hard. You know, who knows? Maybe there are some sleepy municipalities somewhere that are practicing some sort of Jim Crow oppression. Uh, I don't know. That could be. Uh, but it would take uh, that sort of pervasive uh, discrimination to justify what the Supreme Court, even in upholding Section 5 in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, said uh, would be required. Ilya Shapiro is a senior fellow in constitutional studies at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.